what if we actually looked at those root causes and created solutions that fix that rather than just keep looking at what we're seeing right in front of us? And I think this is where the muscle of human intelligence is thinking beyond what we're just seeing and looking at the future and the hope of. But the problem with that is we live in the now. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch or two or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. My hope is you're already enjoying the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. I know that I love having these conversations with, by the way, specifically chosen leaders who are just awesome humans, not just doing what they're doing now, but also how they want their now to be affecting what's going forward in the future. And I I know that I find these conversations not just inspiring, not just like fascinating and I'm learning things, but I also know that I can put some of these into place or it's a great way for me and whoever I'm having a conversation with to really deep dive and see what we we are standing for, what we're believing in and where that could go. And I think for so long we have assumed that it's okay to continue just having these conversations and doing it the same way. And I know I say this a lot. And if you look at even the way society is, there is so much in place that we have done for generations and generations and generations that, we, by the way, we will continue to do unless we start having a conversation to figure out whether that is even what we're wanting going forward. And a really simple way of thinking of this is how many times have you, you know, are you guilty of uh, singing the lullabies to your children? If you just listen to some of those lullabies behind the scenes of what they were built on and why they were built on, I don't know that any of us would be singing lullabies. I mean, I don't know how many times I rocked my baby. And, you know, I found myself singing. What's that one? The the one where rockabye baby in a treetop. When the wind blows, the baby will rock. Beautiful. When the bell breaks, the baby will fall. Down will come baby, cradle and all. I mean, seriously, who thought that that would be a nice comforting conversation to have with your child to put them to sleep? And if it is something that puts them to sleep, think what that's doing in the subconscious. Anyway, I think there's so many things in our society that we've kind of assumed and we've kind of let go and we've kind of gone, okay, Well, we've just done it always like this. So why would we do it any different? And I'm hoping that these conversations on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast help you to start questioning things. It's not that it's right or wrong because it's right or wrong to what you believe your value. And it's right or wrong depending what that result or consequence is and how that affects you going forward. Here's the thing, whatever affects you, the decisions you make at your table actually not just affect you. Yes, they affect others. And I think that's what's the bigger conversation. And if you listen to the podcast that we just, you know, 
up, uploaded before this one, then you would hear that conversation I had with Angela. And, you know, it's in the, she's from in the political space and intriguing enough, you know, just because she's in the political space doesn't mean that she loves everything in there. In fact, she's in there because she wants to see change. And I think we've got to start thinking that just because someone's in a role, just because they find themselves in an industry, and this might be you finding yourself in a role, finding yourself in an industry, doesn't mean that this identifies all of the thinking of that role or industry is actually what defines you and your belief system. And I think this is the interesting piece of the conversation with Angela is that if you deep dive into behind the scenes, you see someone who is amazingly strong, who is not going to give up on sticking to her values within a system that maybe doesn't value the same. And I think this is the important piece that we can pull out more on because what do you value? What are you a part of? And how is that going to define the decisions you're making and the thinking that you do to make those, strategically make those decisions? And I think, you know, if I go back to the lullaby concept, that it's so easy to go back to, well, I have to think like this, or I'm only going to think like this because that will only work. And yeah, there are things that limit us in that moment. And I think that's got to be kept in perspective, right? That yes, there are things because it might be a system, it might be a process, it might be a a human that's involved in it. It might be a generational of value measured this particular way. And because of that, it stops you for the moment. And I think any time that you and I decide that that moment is a lifetime, is a, well, it can never change, then there is no hope for the future. And I agree that if that was the only way to think, then there's no hope. So why are we doing what we're doing? Why, why do you do what you do? Why would I be spending all this time spending my whole life to seeing if more people, more amazing humans could use the lens of humanity as stakeholders? In other words, adding value to every decision rather than taking away from that's going to be effective for the human race, why would I be spending a lifetime helping others to maybe make it a decision that they're going to be making? We might as well just curl up, read with our book, sit by the pool and get on with every day like that. And I think that challenges your thinking or it needs to challenge your thinking. Because if that is the truth and if that is the way that we're continuously going forward, then there is no hope. But I, you know, here's the thing, and this is why I, but because I think that is an option. I think it's an option many are taking and I hope it's not an option you're taking. And I think there are other options. And one of the options is that maybe there is possibility that if you found the right strategy, the right people to come on board, the right concept, and you believed in it 100% and then you brought others uh, on board with you 100%, then, then there is the option of possibility that maybe there is a chance, maybe there is even more than a chance, a certainty that you could change the results at the table. And then that changes what's happening in culture. And I think that's the amazing part of what is Angela's work is she's gone into an industry 
the political space that many I hear, and I do hear this with many leaders right now, oh, look at the leadership in, in the political space. Why would? Oh, there's no hope for us. Well, I actually think that's incorrect. And if you're listening to this and you think, no, there is no hope in political space, I hope you listen to the podcast before because I think that this is a great example of someone who brings hope in the political space. Now, does that mean everyone in the political space is bringing hope to the future of the nation or across the globe? No, of course not. In fact, there's many that are not. There's many that are getting lost in, involved in and stuck in the old approach and that often is hierarchy. It's often values that no one values at the table anymore, yet it was someone who decided or someone's that decided that's what was needed or wanted and we've continued that in society. So there's so many different reasons to why this is this is or could be stuck in this old approach. Now, if you just see those that are like that, then I can see how you would maybe possibly think there's no hope. Yet, like I said, if you listen to Angela's podcast, I'm intrigued of her absolute tenacity to want to keep in there and keep going even when there is so much of it that is not nice, so much of it that's not of value and so much of it that is really difficult. You heard it, her as a female. I love, I'm not going to say it here. I want you to listen. I love her response to that. And, you know, there is so much around a systemic uh, way in which it has been done that is not going to be beneficial going forward. So I love the fact that she was and is excited to get in there and continue to do that work. I think it's hard. I think it's tricky. And I think that's something that we need to remember that sometimes this is hard. Sometimes it is tricky. Sometimes it's not fun. And sometimes you want to give up or let go. I get it. I've been there. I understand those moments. And in fact, I think often I feel those moments, that moment before I have to play at a different level. I have to step up at a different level and it's going to take ownership of me doing that. And I don't say anything that I'm not willing to do. In other words, I'm not going to say, hey, I think this is a great way to do it if I'm not willing to do that myself. And I know that when I go to that next level, it's going to ask of me something bigger. It's going to ask of me something that might even cost me something in the interim before I get the win of it and or the reward of. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not like any other human. Yes, sometimes that uncomfortable feeling, yeah, I want to walk away from too. And... You know, so I get that moment when you can, and I and I am absolutely blown away at her ability to stick in there, and not just stick in there, but continue to want to see change. And I think, you know, this is this is something that I want us to take away from this is, and it's this piece here that if there is no hope, then then why are we doing what we're doing? And then there's the other piece of. If there is hope because there is an option that is not necessarily what we're seeing now and possibility in that to see the changes that you and I want, then what can that be and what can that look like? And I think, and it's something I brought up in the conversation and I stick by it even after that conversation and that is, yeah, but it's about us and civil society and I'm, uh, I'm in the business arena, right? So, uh, you know, if I'm in that arena, in the marketplace, in, in a place where 
you know, economy is part of my growth and impact is part of what I'm dealing with and then leadership, then I need to own those spaces. I need to own what I am going to bring in those spaces. And then if I own what that looks like, and by the way, we're going to dive into this much more. I'm just doing the sort of bird's eye view of, you know, what what I'm thinking in this way. And by the way, it is only thinking right now. But it's it's been thinking that I have implemented and done pieces of for quite a few years, I would say. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know if I could put a number on it. Like, it's... It's around the seven plus years. And this is this is my thinking. My thinking is this. If we continue as a civil society to just do individual and isolate, then nothing will change. Yet if we if we as an individual own our space of what we are doing, what we're curating and then delivering on. And we connect with those that have maybe the ability to bring change in a different arena or platform or industry like Angela in the political space, then that gap between where we are, what is happening has to narrow because both sides are And I mean both sides, meaning the view of both sides, not you on one side, the other person on the other side. So the view of is brought to the table and the conversation has to be at the table. And the only way anything's going to come from that conversation is if some sort of change that both views agree on actually starts getting implemented. And I think that's the bigger focus of what we should look at today in this conversation is this whole pulling around, how do we do that? What does that look like? And if we did that, how could that be beneficial in the decisions that we're making and adding value at the table for humanity going forward? And I think this becomes an interesting conversation because firstly, and let's Let's, let's really bring this to the table. It comes to number one, you, yes, you, being clear on what do you stand for? What does that look like? And what are you willing to do now that you know that that's what you stand for? So, you know, I am really clear of what I stand for because I create for every client, every person, myself included. Remember, I don't do anything or say anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And I usually create something and then I test and measure it to see if it works. And then I'll give it to clients many, 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 often many years later. So one of the things I do is I create what I call a decision DNA culture pattern. And this is any time there's a new company, a new initiative, a new growth level, a new project, I can build these out every time. And especially if a new client comes in with a pathway into my world and I start building this out. And what I love about it is it makes it really clear what my yeses are and what my noes are. So if you were to do a decision DNA culture pattern, what you would see is what is actually the result, the outcome, the vision, or I call it the V spot in the middle, and the four pillars that hold that vision up. The four things that actually, if there was nothing else you spoke about, they would be the four things and they would actually bring to pass amazing enough, but your whole vision. Now there's pieces, lots of pieces in between that help make sure that those four pillars stay together, stay happening and that you have that holding your vision up and you execute your vision. But they are the four pillars that hold that V spot. And what is interesting about those four pillars 
is if you have them in the right order, they're also the first touch point either for yourself to go through that pathway to it, mate, ensure that you get that pattern, sorry, that vision out. Or funny enough, it's also the pathway for those either potential or in your world clients, customers, whoever it is that are in your world to go through a pathway with you. And what I love about and why I'm talking about this decision DNA culture pattern is because it is literally like a blueprint to the future of what you're going to be doing, how you do it, what it looks like, what you speak about. Like I said, it's your yeses and it's also your noes. So if it's not on there, you don't say it. And this is important because particularly if you're working with sustainable solutions like I do, the long-term, as well as looking at where you are now, then you need to have something that can make it easy for you to move in and out of. In th- what I mean by that is that there's different pathways you can move around because life changes, society changes, Things change, but the vision doesn't change. So how do you do that in a beautiful way? Well, you build out these ecosystems through this decision DNA culture pattern. And what it means is that you're able to stick to the long-term goal. You know, there's some things in my life that I'm executing right now that are 20-plus year sort of visions thoughts, ideas, concepts, and they've been done. And the reason that there's such flow from maybe something that I had to work on in the immediate to actually at this moment seeing some of the 20 plus visions come to pass is because of this concept. And I'd love you to think about what that would mean if you are able to not just be working on the now, not just seeing, yeah, I hear a lot of people go, I'm going to my next level. I know how to do that. But is your next level part of the bigger vision or will you find yourself maybe in a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, having to change the whole thing of what you're doing because you found out that actually you're not heading in the direction you want to be or you're not heading in a direction that is beneficial for building out the kind of culture that you're meant to be, uh, I was going to say cultivating, but I mean, it's that, right? Or building out for your your collective, the community, the platform, the the what you're putting out into the world. It might be your organization, your company. And this is a time waster. This is something that then you might need to change all the the team that you have. You might find yourself having to invest a whole lot more because you've got to restructure everything. And this is not cost-effective going forward. And often it makes that change just too big. And so you don't even go and do it because it's like, well, you know what? Hey, I've always done it like this. It's working enough, enough, right? Not effectively, not to the level maybe you want it to, or it's not going to even get you to where you, if nothing was stopping you, would actually love to be executing. And I think that's something that if you were clear on you and clear on what you wanted, then you would be really strong on what you stand for. And, you know, lots of people say to me, you're so direct, you're so decisive. You know, you don't sort of waver from anything. You keep saying the same sort of things even when you evolve. And I said, yeah, because my vision doesn't change. My my fundamentals, the principles in which I build my value system don't change the way I execute it may have to pivot or shift or, you know, 
just do it a different way or or maybe it's actually not even a different way it might be a way in which you know it's just oh I was going this pathway and building this out this needs to stop for the moment not forever just for the moment and I need to go down this pathway and do this piece that I talked about doing one day that one day is now so what are you clear on and what will you stand for? That's number one. The second thing that I think is really important is now that you know what you stand for and what that looks like and your willingness to stand strong in that, it's what do you bring to a potential partnership? And this is really important. So Whatever you're doing as an individual, that is then building out probably your community, your tribe, your collective. But it's also affecting now. Whatever you're building out is starting to begin to affect the collective and the collective being across the globe. And what is that that you're bringing if you wanted to actually bring impact that you know adds value, is going to bring the change you want, is going to change the culture and the way that you'd love it to be. Or, you know, I know I talk about change culture. In that way, I'm thinking there's you're very aware of what the problems are that you see or your clients or your customers or your partnerships that you're involved in see. But how are you going to be the solution, not just add to the problem? And that's number two, right, is now that you know who you are and are clear on what you're bringing and what you're standing strong in, what does that add to a potential partnership with someone who might have another platform that you could connect with, join to, and bring greater change to civil society? In the case of Angela, in the political space, there's me in the, you know, business, everyday society sort of environment. And like I call that civil society, right? And if we connect together, then potentially we cover more ground and we have different insights, different thinkings, different lenses we use in our arenas, and we start bringing those together. What kind of conversation would that bring? And how could that be more effective? A slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? to maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly, do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity, like you, are stakeholders to design cutting-edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind there is a seat at the table for you okay 
Let's get back to the conversation. Start thinking about if you are so clear on what you bring and you know that that could bring some difference with a potential partnership. Who is that partnership that you need to start thinking about? If you are that cranky, I always say, around what is happening across the globe, then who do you need to or could partner up with to have this conversation to find out what is something you could collaborate on and together cover more ground, be a force that you can't do so much on your own but you are so, and you bring your value to the table, they bring their value to the table. And then all of a sudden, the value you bring together, you know, is is a force that maybe could bring the change or bring that hope or possibility to the future of leadership in this case. Okay, so one, be clear on who you are, what you're standing for, what others, you know, the value that you know you are willing to bring. And then number two is, well, what what is that value to the table in the new potential partnership that you would be bringing that you'd want, by the way, not just you, but you'd want the other partnership to be bringing and adding value to that table. And then the third piece is, and this is really important, if we are really to see change in narrowing that gap from that problem to the solution that, you know, all of us actually really desire. I mean, that's why it becomes a problem because, and you see the problem is that you're not happy with it. You don't want it to start there. I thought it was really interesting that in the conversation with Angela, you know, there was a conversation around the breakdown of minorities of minorities. And I think, you know, it's something I'm seeing a lot of. And if we keep doing what's happening across the globe, we are just going to bring more segregation. And those minorities are just going to break up into little, little, even more minorities within the minorities. And this is not healthy for the cycle of the ecosystem of the world. It isn't. It, it really, truly isn't. And you know that and I know that, yet we're still continuing to see it because the voices are becoming so noisy. And so to be heard, you need to sort of almost go into even smaller pods of people. And what is that is happening, you might get more voice within that pod, but as a greater society of an ecosystem, it's getting more and more diluted and no one's having a voice because no one's joining together. So these partnerships I see as a sustainable solution to what we're seeing as problems across the globe. And the only way, the only way we're going to see change is if we start partnering and collaborating with the right partnerships that actually look at adding value. And instead of that minority of minorities happening, that the majority of us are going, hey, maybe we don't agree on everything. In fact, maybe we don't agree on most things. And yet there's this one thing that all of us begin to start agreeing on. And it could be, I know, don't, don't freak out. Don't say, wow, she's such a, you know, she lives in this dream world. Like as if everyone's going to celebrate and get excited about the one thing. But what if it's the one thing that could help us to everyone to have food on the table? What if it's the one thing that is a value that we decide and agree on in all families across the globe? Because even though we might have different value systems, we might have different belief systems, we might have different ways in which we do our everyday life, we can agree that we want, you know, families to feel safe. Mm. I think there's things as a human race that we could identify that we do not, doesn't matter who we are, we don't like or want to continue doing it that way. 
And what if we could agree on something that isn't going to change your identity as your gender, your race, your belief system, but it might change the the directory of every human moving forward and every human having an opportunity. And I think that's something that is kind of inspiring and not just inspiring but kind of might bring some hope to the future. And I've seen this when I've sat at tables with former presidents of of nations and they have like gone, I know we can't change the policy around this, but we could change the thinking on this. And I remember I was just literally having a conversation with someone yesterday and I can't remember, sorry, the, the name of the president, the former president of Bhutan, but I remember sitting at the table listening to his conversation around the open door policy in Bhutan of those going into jail. He said, you know, when someone's done a wrong, and it was often the males, to be honest, that's what he would be saying, when they would do a wrong, isolating them, shutting them away from society meant that when you brought them back into society, they went back into what they knew and would reoffend. And so he decided that actually one of the ways in which there was potential for change, didn't mean that he knew it, didn't mean that it was a certainty, but potential for change was if he did the open door policy. And what that meant was families came into the jail with those people. And he kept building on that. And what he found was that when it came to that time they had to come back into society, they came back and they didn't reoffend. Now, I know that's a crazy example of something that we don't see across the world. We just don't see that happening. And yet, what would happen if we decided that could be something we could do? And there's so many examples. I'm just using one that I know and I remember and it had an impact on my thinking because I was like, I'd never even considered that as an option until I sat at that table and I heard it. And I had never considered it because that doesn't affect my everyday life. Walking into prisons isn't what I, I mean, I've walked into one, not for me personally, just for the record. I had a friend that, you know, did something and she ended up in prison. And so I've, I've gone to prison to visit but I've never thought of that as a one, as a way, a solution to what is a problem. I know it's a problem because I've been involved in many conversations around the prison system. It's interesting, isn't it? And what if we were to do that more? How would that change what we're doing? Would we do it differently? Could we do it differently? So whoever you partner with will also give you a different view, a different perspective, use different lenses because of what value they bring. And that's why don't choose someone you partner up with that looks like you is doing the same as you. Choose someone who brings different values to the table. So that's one thing. Okay, so so two things, sorry. One is be clear on the value that you bring and you will be willing to stand strong in. Number two is now that you know that value, who are you partnering up with 
and what value are they bringing what are you bringing to that relationship and what is that value that you're going to bring that's going to bring hope because that's what we want and possibility and opportunity for us to be able to narrow that problem from problem to solution right and how that then affects for generations to come okay so number three is be very very clear on what that pathway can look like moving forward to get that result that you want and what are you willing to use as indicators that will help you to test and measure that you're on the right pathway, that you're moving it towards the outcome that you both want. And this is important. I think it's it's really, you know, people can get those first two, two things. You can get the clarity. You can get knowing what your value is and standing strong in that and, and building your platform around that. Sure. You can even then go, okay, who's those partnerships that I need to connect with and move forward with? Okay, that's that's it's pretty easy too if you're if you're a bit, you know, certain about all those things. Now the pathway I think is often difficult, not just for you to understand, but then as as you might be talking, it's like talking a different language if you move in together with a partner who is not necessarily looking like you, sounding like you, right? So how do you now bring those differences and make them work together? Well, it's been clear on what those touch points are on that pathway. It doesn't mean you've got it all sorted. I'm not saying that, but give yourself some touch points along the pathway in which you are both heading towards and make sure you're communicating that really clearly of your expectations and finding out what their expectations are and then the expectations of what are the results, the outcomes that both of you or whoever, like this is multiple partnerships too, those that are stakeholders in that decision and the result that you're expecting for it to be delivered on. And by doing that, you're going to need to have indicators that are really clear that you all agree on are absolute indicators of measurement to it's kind of like you know as a in the fitness industry where if you're losing weight building more muscle wanting to get fitter you have certain indicators along that pathway that you go okay I've got to that phase I've got to that next phase and I'm right on target to hit uh, you know, by this time. Those are things are really important to identify that we are doing, being, whatever it is that we're meant to be doing. All right. So I know there's lots of kind of huh in there with it, but all that I'm saying is these three things. Know what that value is that you add to the table, what that looks like. Two, what, who, what is the value that you are adding and the value of the partnership and expectations? And three, what's that pathway that you are building out to head towards and know that you're going to be sticking to no matter what comes your way? It's that V spot, right? The vision of the result or the outcome. And then going, what is those touch points along that way that I go, okay, yes, we're on target. Yep. And agree on that. And we can see change on that because that is the only way we're going to change what is going to come in the future. Because none of this, by the way, is that quick fix. And none of this is the easy way. And none of this is necessarily what is in place right now. And so, you know, that's where this minority of the minorities just doesn't just doesn't sit anymore and we've got to stop thinking of that and you know I love what Angela said when she said seen as a person not a business owner 
And I think that's what we've got to see. See us as a human first before we identify with what we are in our profession, what we are, you know, known, put in a box or a system or a process and go, well, as a human, if we go back to the Bhutan sort of example, what happened was it wasn't the fact that they had done the wrong and then they're going to re-offend and so we should lock them away. It was like as a human, what is it they're actually needing? What is it that would be beneficial? What is it that would be helpful so then the outcome changes? And I think that was, you know, a really important piece of like what Angela was saying, to see them as a person and not the problem. Uh, because the problem has stemmed out of, and I think this is often, if we talk about problems and narrowing that gap from problem to solution, and if we look at problem, we're looking back at this thing that we're seeing as an immediate, and we're not often figuring out, was it a systemic thing? I mean, you just look at it. There's a lot of people that are offending in prisons that haven't had the role models of healthy relationships with maybe it was their mother, maybe it was their father. Or there was an unhealthy relationship in their background. There's many in the, you know, system that have been or have sorry, special needs or um, autism. You know, I, I have children with autism, so I know a lot about that. And there's a lot of research that many that end up in the prison system can can have this sort of, uh, you know, thing that is misunderstood because they don't fit into the society and then they end up doing things or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know enough about it that I'm an expert on that piece. All I do know is if you look at the patterns, some of these things are the root cause to starting a foundation of wrong decisions. And what if we actually looked at those root causes and created solutions that fix that rather than just keep looking at what we're seeing right in front of us? And I think this is where the muscle of human intelligence is thinking beyond what we're just seeing and looking at the future and the hope of. But the problem with that is we live in the now. And we've got to keep living in the now. That's being present in the now. But living in the now does help create the future. So in that way, we still have to bring the future into play. And we're not doing that a lot. And I hope that this conversation today gives you the opportunity to start thinking in the future while we're living in the now, which is such a weird concept. And I know that, and it's deep, and it's hard to understand that we need to not just live in the now and be present in the now, but to be looking and using lenses to help identify how our living in the now can also add value to the future going forward. Whew. Okay, this was quite deep, this one. And if I lost you, then you probably aren't listening to this piece right now. But if you have stuck with this conversation right to the end here, well done. Because I think that that shows your ability to be curious it shows your ability to keep wanting to learn even when you don't necessarily understand or uh, can grasp everything that I've just spoken about. But that's what I hope is that it, it gives you a curiosity 
to want to start thinking more about these things, to dive deeper into this, the little rabbit holes that we've kind of gone down in this conversation today. And I hope that if you are facing challenges right now that are feeling like Kilimanjaro to you, then that you can realize that your now is and you have the opportunity to change what you're doing now so that it helps to actually get you in the future to where you want to be. Okay, let's just pull that part a little bit more. I don't want to leave you on that. In other words, some of your now, the challenges might be the growth that actually you need for you to build the capacity to do and to conquer the next. So that's one piece of it. But it also might be the fact that you've made decisions that have got you to where you are now. What if you made different decisions based on knowing that this is where you're heading? This is the future. This is not your now. That's your now is your starting point and that's okay. But if you make different decisions that you can actually move from your now into a movement forward that is moving towards that future that you really know is going to be beneficial for you and those in your community, your collective, the tribe that you're building out. Does that make sense? I think it does. I want to know what you're thinking after listening to this. And if you've got any questions, reach out to me because you know, I can answer those in future podcasts as well. Here's the thing I want to just leave you with now. And that is, what is the value you bring? What is the value you add to the table? And what value, if you were looking back on your life, would you want people to realize that's what you stood for? Thank you for joining us for another conversation on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. I can't wait for our next one. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlay. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.